Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 116 here, Altai, joined this week by... Omer. And that was a very smooth introduction over there. It was like, did you practice that radio voice? Was that uh, like a No, thing? no. I got to take lessons. I got to take classes, all right? All right, all right. Busting out the radio voice already. I like it. We're going professional. Oh, yeah. Finally. About time. <laughs> all right. With that, let us start professionally with uh, our scheduled programming. Uh, first up, last week's weekly raid is Lineage Eternal Cursed. And we brought this up because the game was once again delayed whole new engine change on real 4 now and that's gonna take a while it's gonna take a little bit for the game to come out uh let's look at some of the comments uh hype train has left the station uh cross platform is effing stupid that's a good you know what that's probably a topic all on its own uh the cross platform uh mobile slash pc but we'll see where people stand on that later um uh, omar you still it looks like you're still looking forward to it so you want to give your thoughts on this then we can move on I mean, it's a mainline lineage game, and we've seen both Lineage 1 and Lineage 2 kind of revolutionize the genre to a degree. You know, lineage 1 was one of the first MMORPGs out there, and it's still incredibly huge. Lineage 2 was, like, one of the first, like, 3D persistent world games where you have, like, seamless open worlds. You know, we have new games bragging about seamless open worlds today. You know, like Black Desert and Revelation are both, like, we have, you know, no zoning in our worlds. You know, Lineage 2 had that God knows how many years ago, so Lineage 3... Is they're trying to be something, you know, amazing, not just another, you know, ARPG, not just another, you know, Moo Legend style game. They want to be something different. And I'm hopeful, you know, because it's a mainline lineage game, I'm, you know, optimistic. And the trailers looks, you know, really cool still, so I'm I'm optimistic. Alright. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But with that, let's move on to this week's raid. Uh, and I I labeled this one Failure to Launch, a tale of Lawbreakers and Sky Saga. Two games that are having a rough week this week. Uh, as we all know, Lawbreakers came out uh, earlier this month, about one or two weeks ago now, and it is not doing well. It is uh, it is crashing and burning, boys. We are talking... Okay, so here's the Steam chart, and this game is only on Steam, so this is the full player base right now. 600 people online, 700 today peak, all-time uh, is 7,500 here. And uh, if what you look at this... this chart particularly awful, again, if you go to one month mm -hmm. or seven days, you'll see that every single high is lower than the previous high. Rarely do you see a game this consistently downsloping. Yep, yep. If this is your stock portfolio, this is the time you jump off the uh, window, you know? Y yes. It's <laughs> that, about that time. That <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's one. That's number game number one. And game number two, Sky Saga. This game has been in alpha testing for as far as, okay, this was one of the first games we played here at MMOs.com. Okay, Omar and I did a video for this in 2015. Omar, <laughs> can you believe that? So in 2015, this game was in alpha, and when it shut down today, it was still in alpha. You know, uh, Sky Saga, I think, predates MMOs.com. Yeah. All right? That game has been, I think they started work on it in 2013, and it's gone through so many alpha rounds. I think it, they've, been, they've done three years of alpha testing, and these weren't like traditional alpha tests. These were like, I guess anyone can play the game kind of alpha test, too, so it wasn't like an actual alpha. They've been hiding behind this alpha tag forever. And I think they were on Alpha 9, and they finally canceled the game. They canceled the game today, by the way. This is just, this just happened, like, probably three hours ago. And rest of pepperoni, but, like, how can a game be in Alpha 9? You know, like, after a certain point, you go to beta and open beta, and you start advertising it. But no, like, a certain amount of your money has to be spent on marketing the game as well. You can't spend all of it just running Alpha tests, and then literally zero money is spent on any kind of marketing or anything else, because then nobody's going to know about your game. It's never going to be finished, and it's, no one, people, a lot of people don't want to play a game when it's Alpha either. When it keeps calling it alpha, it's like, all right, I'll wait till it releases, you know, where it's not going to be 
bugs where there won't be any more wipes. So it's insane that they waited three years of alpha testing. And what do you know? They ran out of money. And here's what happened. Um, they went to their publisher, Smilegate, and asked for more money. And Smilegate said, you know what? No, we're done with this. And mm -hmm. here's the thing. I'm being harsh on this section. But here's the thing. When I played this game, I really enjoyed it. Like, it was... It was like a way better looking Minecraft. Like, and since this, since I played this game, I played Trove and stuff, right? And I, I, Trove was okay, but I actually preferred Sky Saga. I, I had more fun. The visuals were better. Everything just I liked everything about Sky Saga more. But Trove is actually out there. It's on Steam. It's you know people playing it. Where this game is just kind of they they never really committed. I feel they never commit to an actual release, yeah. which is pretty clear. What's actually pretty funny is three months ago they put a video on their um, on their YouTube channel saying. Global open beta starting soon. So I feel like they were like, oh shit, we get, we're running out of money. We got to ask uh, Smilegate for more, more money in like a, a few months, right? So why don't we put up a video saying we're almost ready? That way they might fund us. But it, it clearly, that, that, that play clearly didn't work. And you said you actually preferred Sky Saga more. Yeah. I actually enjoyed Trove quite a bit. Okay. Do you think Sky Saga offered anything different than either, like, different enough than either Trove or Minecraft? Because these are the obvious competitions. I'd say it was actually in between those two. So Trove yeah. was like, most of the world you cannot build right in trove you, you just build yeah. like in this little like these little plots yes okay and then you go into the and you just go into like the dungeons and kill like these random things whereas in sky saga i felt like you get resources in the world and you have this old this whole island to yourself you can build on but compare the island to the basically the plots in trove uh, yeah but really but the plots like. were a lot smaller from what i saw yes yeah and, and also the graphics i felt were way better in sky saga i, like, I thought the graphics were quite crisp in, in Trove as well. Obviously, Minecraft, of, out of those three games, has probably the worst graphics, but, you know, it's, it's still holds up pretty well, with especially with all, all the mods for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, they're very similar games. Like, here, uh, here's, a, here's a video I'm showing of Trove, guys. So, uh, you guys can take a few peeks at this, and then let me bring up some Sky Saga, and we can be the judges right here. Oh, that's a big difference right off the bat. Uh, Sky Saga is first person, kind of like Minecraft, whereas, whereas Trove was uh, third person. I actually mm -hmm. forgot that until I just saw these trailers, so there it is. That's true. But, I mean, it, it is sad to see a game shut down before it actually fully launched, because they, they did have something here. You know, The game was playable, there was something there, people did like it, and it, the game is probably never going to see light of day again. And that, you know, at least when a game launches, there's a chance for people to make private service for it by, you know, getting the code, getting uh, mm -hmm. doing the packet sniffing and stuff. But because the game never actually launched, was never widely, you know, distributed, uh, it's probably never going to go see light of day again. It's probably rest in pepperoni for good. And the thing is, a lot of people were taken aback by this. It was a pretty sudden announcement. I, I read some of like the Twitter comments to the announcement. Mm -hmm. People were like, were like, "Well, you can just find a new publisher, right? Or what? You can do this. You can do this." Like they were really taken aback. So it mm -hmm. is surprising how quickly uh, this came. This announcement came. But I think you're right. I think the way this game was made. Like, there is no single-player mode. Kind of like That's the thing about Minecraft. If you got Minecraft, you can always play Minecraft by yourself, you know? Whereas uh, a game like Trove or Sky Saga, it's a you know online-only game. And, uh, you know, the, the, the I've never thought about that. And I think it is important to be able to play just on your own. Yeah. I feel most of us are always connected to the internet. We always want to play something online. But, like, the single-player aspect of Minecraft, especially for younger kids and their parents have bombed the game, mm -hmm. they can get lost in Minecraft forever on their own, yep. you know? Like, you don't need the multiplayer. But I feel like nowadays I personally do need that multiplayer. If I'm playing a game like Minecraft or you know Tro, I want to play with other people. Most of my games I want to play with other people. Mm -hmm. The only kinds of games I can personally still play, you know, solo are RPGs, like uh, you know JRPGs, stuff like that, where, where storytelling is the key. For like platformers and stuff, I don't know. I'd rather play online games. Even if I'm playing solo, I'd rather be online. And when I when I mentioned that, Path of Exile comes to mind. You know, we we've been playing that last week. Yeah. 
and for the most part, we either played co-op or solo, right? But True. the fact that I could, if I wanted to, play with anyone in the world, you know, or talk to anyone in the world who's in the game, right? Whisper to them, is, is such a big just reassurance net, I guess. I don't know. It just feels I feel connected, even though I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that's true it, it does give you that extra sense of you know mm-hmm. some persistence even though again it's you're playing most of the time when you're playing path of exile you're playing alone really the only time you're not is when you're trading yeah and that's like these you know short bursts while you're in town all right well quickly back to law okay so the reason i brought these two games up despite besides the fact they're both doing bad is uh so they're both i feel kind of suffered from their you know self-inflicted wounds here and it has to do with these long development cycles that are public okay so for example we played lawbreakers like i feel like it was over a year ago right yeah and uh in an interview uh with your gamer uh cliff blizzinski who's the guy who's a a head of boss key productions that made lawbreakers he says in hindsight he kind of regrets allowing alpha testers to stream the game and uh, he mentions because it kind of deflated expectations because the game wasn't done but I would say, even if the game is done, unless your game is amazing, okay? Let's, let's say Lawbreakers is a decent game. If you watch streamers play it for like a couple days on on Twitch, you kind of like you 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 kind of got your fill, and you can't release the game two years from then and then like expect the hype to be the same. So I think they gave away the prize too soon. You know, you gotta you gotta announce the game, release a cool trailer, get people play a beta for like a a week, and then release the game a week after that. But that's I feel Especially like the if it's a buy to play game. Yeah. Where you want to capture as much money as you can up front. Because Lawbreakers, you know, isn't quite dead yet. Because even though the player base declined, they can always go free to play. And they might, you know, give it some new life. Because I know a lot of people personally are never going to play Lawbreakers because they don't want to pay for it. And hmm. a good chunk of people don't want to pay for it. And about your point with streaming, what do you think about player unknowns battlegrounds then? I mean, I feel like streamers really help that game a lot. No, no, I'm not against streamers. But here's the thing. Player unknowns battlegrounds, it went from streamers, streamers to available to play in almost really fast. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's that that's the way to do it. So, Lawbreakers was I mean, um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds was announced. There's a pub, you know, a public alpha, and then like a, a month later, max, you could buy the game and play, right? right. Yes. Yeah, that's the way it, to do it. it. And it's also worth mentioning. I think uh, FG two thousand point out in chat is is correct as well. What you're saying contributed to the problem, right? But I don't think that alone can explain it. I think nobody really wanted Lawbreakers because if you look at Paladins, the game was playable. In a completely different state. When we played Paladins, our first Grindfest Friday uh, for the for the game, Sunday Funday rather, it was a completely different MOBA style game. Mm-hmm. It was this really odd game, and compared to Paladins today, Paladins today is much more popular. Even though they let people play this alpha version, which is completely different. No, but well, hold up. Do you think that helped them? I think that version we played tanked. It tanked. Nobody played it. It was unpopular. They were losing I, money. They had to do a huge pivot, rewrite so much of the game. To, to match the, the Overwatch clone status. I agree. It didn't help them, right? But the thing is, it doesn't it, kill No, no. Them. It didn't kill. It hurt them. I said it. Yes. So it was one self-inflicted wound. And then Lawbreakers took another dagger to their own heart. And they made it, like you said, um, pay to play. Like, mm-hmm. buy to play. When they announced it as free to play originally. Like, how can you go from free to Like, you announced it as free to play. And then you're like, just kidding. We want your money. That's it's too bad. much. It's really bad. <laughs> But, like, another fundamental issue, look, I mean, this might be an unpopular opinion. I, I, clearly not everyone shares this opinion. This is, again, this is my opinion. I played for a few hours, right? I mean, look, obviously you can't judge a game fully in a few hours. But I, I didn't want to keep playing. Like, I, mm-hmm. I like shooting games. Like, Black Squad came out on Steam, and I played that for, like, at least, like, five hours already. Like, and it's not a good game. Like, Black Squad has over 10,000 players on Steam right now. It's not a great game at all. It's a generic piece-of-shit Korean lobby-based game. But, like, I had fun playing it, right? But I didn't have fun playing Lawbreakers. And I liked Quake 3 a lot. I played Quake 3 for at least 
at least 100 hours, if not way more. Hundreds of hours. Mm -hmm. I loved Quake 3, and this was supposed to be an arena shooter. And I played through it, it just felt janky. Something about it just didn't click for me. And I quit, you know, it's fine. I, I didn't complain on the forums or anything, it just, you know what? I played in beta, didn't like it. They gave me a free copy as well to, uh, you know, after the game launched. I didn't even install it yet. Wow. I have no intention on playing it, really, because it just I didn't have fun. The, the core gameplay just didn't do it for me, and I think that's one of the biggest problems, because the people that bought the game, right? There are people that bought the Thousands of people bought Lawbreakers, but none of them are sticking around for more, like, at all. Look at the one-week chart. Look at the one-month chart of the player base. Every single day, the highest point is lower, and the lowest point is lower. It's insane how quickly the game is dropping off. Look, on launch day, the lowest point it ever had the day after was about 1,200, right? The lowest. Now the 24-hour peak is half of that, mm -hmm. in, like, less than a month. So it's here's insane. here's the main question, boys. Lawbreakers, free to play. When is it happening? We already know it's happening, but when is it? Hundred percent, it's gonna happen. Uh, before the end of the year, yes or no? Yes. Oh, okay. I say, I say, I say, ready. Hundred percent, yes. Look at the player. No, he can't survive if it doesn't go free to play. If, if, if this trend continues, it'll have negative players in like a month. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I say, I say, by the end of the year. And you know, it's worth mentioning too that this game is by Nexon. And Nexon actually just announced they're going to be shutting down um, Ghost in the Shell first assault. Mm -hmm. so oh, that game is yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a big news too. Yeah. It's worth comparing them. Let me go and link you that. Let me see if I can find that Ghost in the. Okay, yeah, I got it. All right. That's so funny. It's got like almost as many people as uh, Lawbreakers, and it's being shut down. And yeah, this is a game that's literally being shut down, and the player base numbers are at 354. You know, Lawbreakers not is like barely is not even double that. And Lawbreakers is brand new. It's still, it's probably still getting some marketing dollars behind it. This game is already, you know, Ghost in the Shell first off is shutting down. December, it's happening. Boom, it's done, and it's still holding up fairly well. I think, again, I think, I think, in, give it two and a half months if they stay by the play. Two months, I'm going to say that First Assault will have more players online than Lawbreakers, even though that game is already doomed to shut down. Harsh. Well, you know what? Like I said, uh, I really blame this long development cycle. We. So what do you think? What other games do you think are suffering from this? Uh, from this, like, besides Star Citizen, of course. Star Citizen. Oh my God, that's that is the example of a game that's got this long ass development cycle. But people are again, I think people are losing excitement for Star Citizen too. I mean, you, you, we've both known people like real life, like online friends that were kind of hyped for Star Citizen, and they're all kind of losing that hype. You have friends that backed it and they, they mm -hmm. completely gave up on it. And um. Actually, we have some fun news about Star Citizen this week. We're going to miss it because I think it starts tomorrow. But GamesCon is going on. It's a big convention. And Star Citizen has been featured there for five years in a row. This will be their fifth year. Uh, and so they're supposed to show off all this 3.0 stuff. And I can't wait to dig into like uh, what they're showing off and what, what, you know, what promises they're not keeping. So that's some good, good dirt for me tomorrow. But is isn't it still like um like pretty good that we still have companies that are at least aiming to do something like radically different, even though it's never going to happen? Like Star Citizen, like look at yeah, look at look at uh Black Squad. It's again this really generic lobby-based screen shooter. We, mm -hmm. we have so many generic games coming out, and so few games even try to do any different. I mean, we do shit on Star Citizen a lot, but at least like at least their vision, right? Whatever whatever you want to say, like it's their vision is at least something different. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's. Here's the thing. You can't bootstrap a new product. You need like a big studio behind you to try stuff like this, I think. Or, or you know what you should do? Instead of being on the cutting edge graphically, they should have focused on the gameplay. That That's way, true. I, think it lot, I think they're spending a lot of money on art assets and like graphic assets, which they don't need to. Because I don't think gamers really care about that, especially these nuanced sci-fi gamers. Hmm. I think actually, I mean, with... 
I feel they were they were too heavy on vision. They should have hired like a, at least one business guy to like get them on schedule to make sure things get done. Because I feel like when you let the creative types run the show, it ends up being like uh, I know Metal Gear Solid Five got a lot of you know heat from from Konami for like breaking through their their, their budgets like so many times because the, the game cost so much money to develop. So you do need somebody to at least push the development. To like okay, this is your deadline. I don't care what you have, whatever you have, it's got to happen at this point. You know, it, it'll push the team to create something feasible instead of, you know, going every which direction every time they discover something interesting to f- pursue. I guess. I guess. Well, we'll see. They're apparently, it's still on track, so we'll see what what they show us tomorrow uh, at GamesCon. Yeah, that should be exciting. Yep. But if you guys have an opinion on Lawbreakers, Guy Saga, or whether you agree with me or disagree with me about the whole don't don't reveal your development process for like five years in a row because that, that kills the hype. That's my opinion. Share your thoughts in the weekly raid, and we will discuss it next week. Uh, from there, you were talking more about weird stuff, right? So I want to start off with a weird game. Okay. okay. So just today or yesterday, we got Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition announced, and I why I think this trailer is amazing. Okay. So here's the thing: it's going to be the actual Final Fantasy 15 game, the story mode. Really? Yeah. The whole thing. The whole thing. But they're going to release no it. They're going to release it episodically. So you're seeing a trailer right now for the beginning of the game, and you sh- this should be familiar to you, Mark, because you played the game. Uh, so your car breaks down, you're trying to get some help, you go help this girl with the garage, kill some monsters. So this first episode is going to be free to play, and then after that they're going to cost a few dollars each. That's pretty insane. I didn't know they were actually. it's going to be the full actual Final Fantasy XV game. Yep. So uh, it's set in the universe, it be slightly different, but no, they're actually just remaking it for mobile. I believe they will cut a lot of the side quests just because of timing, you know, because you can't play a mobile game for like a, a mobile RPG for 100 hours of story. I don't yeah, know. That's probably true. But um, what do you think of the graphics, first of all? I think they're so funny. <laughs> I actually like, I don't, I don't mind the chibi graphics. Uh, it looks, it's very like stylized and cartoonish and it looks fun. It's like, you know, and, and it's interesting because if you look at Final Fantasy 15, especially that new PC 4K trailer that came out for it, it is being released on PC as well. Mm-hmm. It looks gorgeous. It's one of the best looking games, I think. Like graphically, Final Fantasy 15 is stunning. It's one mm-hmm. of the most beautiful games I've seen. So to go from like this realistic, awesome-looking graphics to this chibi graphics is such a big contrast. But I, I think it looks pretty. I like it. I yeah, I think the the mobile uh, the PC the PC release is the bigger story, obviously. But this one was just quirk here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think games like Final Fantasy. Right, I'm gonna get some shit for this from the console people. But I feel like for the past at least decade, Square has basically been known for making these really graphically impressive Final Fantasy mainline titles, right? And that, that is totally wasted on consoles. You know, like, you got 30 FPS, you got the shit, you know, uh, hardware. So the fact that we're getting a 4K enhanced uh, version for PC, I think this is, this is this, you're going to get to see the game the way the people who made it want it to be seen. Actually, again, having played Final Fantasy 15 on, on PS4, PS4 Pro, might I add, right? Yeah. On, on, on a 1080 screen, so it wasn't even 4K screen. It was playing supposedly a 60 FPS, but it didn't feel like super fluid. Yeah, because, so I, because I consoles suck. It's going to run better. Look, look. And also, I remember before Final Fantasy 15 came out, we had a pretty lengthy discussion about the whole boy band thing, right? Yeah. I'm going to yield. I think I think you were right about that. Oh, baby. This gay boy band thing, like, being really awkward. The All character right. designs were definitely kind of douchey. All right. And Final Fantasy 15 is probably... I, I didn't really like it either. I mean, people give 13 a lot of shit. I don't get too off track, but... 13, I enjoyed significantly more. Like I, I finished 13. I, I didn't finish 15. So, I don't know. I, it didn't do it from on the PC though. I kind of want to re. I, I kind of would rebuy it on the PC just because I want to. I want to play it on my PC. Maybe it'll, it'll play a lot better at like 144 hertz if I can get it that way, or at least 60 hertz consistently. 
yeah, I, I'm gonna wait. Obviously, I'm not gonna pay, I'm not gonna pay sixty bucks or whatever. But if it's on a Steam sale for tw twenty, is my price. For twenty, I think I'll buy Final Fantasy fifteen, and um, and I'll give it a shot with my four K. I got a four K monitor, baby. I want to see what this looks like. I think I think a GPU can handle four K at sixty FPS on. That's true. That's true. Do you guys think a ten eighty GTX can handle four K? I don't uh, think so. Final Fantasy 15, top setting. Have you tried playing Overwatch even on there? Probably getting over 60 FPS consistently on 4K max setting is probably very no, difficult. No, no, it's on, on Overwatch uh, FP, shooters. You can't play on 4K. I, it stutters. Yeah, it stutters uh, on ultra quality, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if I can get right, my yeah. gigabits. All right, let's stick with the weird news because I do want to talk about a fun game that actually just uh, launched this last week. It's called Phoenix Dynasty 2. Okay, this is. Oh god. I, I put up a first look for this game, and the first thing somebody commented was like, why are you still doing these old games? But here's the beauty. This is not an old game. This just launched. This just happened. This was just developed, all right? This is state-of-the-art technology right here on Phoenix Dynasty 2. And this is actually literally one of the worst games I've ever played. That takes quite the cake because I've played so many shitty games. But this one was atrocious. Like, every aspect of this game was pretty bad. So poorly made. And it really, I think... Um, captures the cargo cult discussion we had before it's like these people who don't know what makes mrpgs fun just looked at an mrpg and tried to recreate the basics of it without understanding it okay? yeah so first of all when you when you play the game right the thing that bothered me right away you launch the game there's no music right i'm like why is there no music right you, you made your character you're in the game you're in the town you're walking around there's zero music the game defaults mutes the music because the music is so bad that they're embarrassed by it it's by, it's by default off they don't want you to hear it because they know how bad it is so I enabled it. They're fair. It doesn't fit at all, like the game. And when you're doing combat, like you know, when you when you swing your sword, you attack. There's some combat noise. You know, you, mm -hmm. your, your spell lands on enemy. There's explosion. There's like, it's off sync. It's completely off sync. And for the most part, it's not even there. Like you'll shoot a fireball or something and hit the enemy. Four seconds later, you'll hear like a really really soft noise where like basically hit them. It makes makes no sense. Every aspect of this game is pure trash, from graphics to audio, presentation to everything. My favorite part of the Steam page you linked was mm -hmm. uh, the first screenshot. English language option coming soon. That's <laughs> not even like a priority because they know English people aren't going to play this game. And no, definitely not. Okay. I honestly want to have an honest conversation about race, guys. <laughs> All right. Honest conversation. It's time America had this conversation. We need it, okay? okay to heal. This game, the reason it sucks so bad, even though it was made in 2017, is because it was made specifically for the Turkish audience. Now... I get shit for making fun of Brazilians or Peruvians and stuff. But I'm Turkish, so I'm going to make fun of Turkish people, and nobody can complain, okay? I'm 100% I'm Turkish, so here it is. I honestly believe that for whatever, for a variety of reasons, the people that this, this game is aimed at, okay, are dumber than average. Like, I think these games are being made to exploit the below-average intelligence of people in these third-world countries. I'm not saying everyone in these countries is dumb, but these guys, this, this Chinese developer and whoever the local publisher is, have made this game specifically to target the dumb people in Turkey. What do you think? <laughs> it's hard to argue with the popularity of some of the worst games. Like, again, like some of the most offending, like, pay-to-win games in the West, they don't last. Like, games like Wolf Team, they don't last. And area games <laughs> keep up on that game because nobody's playing it because it's pay-to-win. And it's got such a small player base, but in <laughs> Turkey, it's unbelievably popular. Yeah. Like, the idea of pay-to-win is, like, more accepted, I guess. And, like, you know, Night Online. Like, again, Night Online, you could argue the PvP was fun for the time, right? And Metin 2, these were older games, right? But this Phoenix Dynasty 2 game isn't... This game was made within the last year. Yep. Like, there was a video with the developer, right? They put a, 
an interview out with to develop this Chinese guy and some like like literally is an 80 year old like British guy and some like younger Chinese guy. So I think the 80 year old British guy funded this game, right? He's like the business partner for the Chinese company, and he's like talking about how great Phoenix Dynasty is, and he's like the the Chinese guy ended up saying we we designed this game with like uh, the Turkish audience in mind. So I guess he yeah. kind of defended your position that the game was designed for a shitty audience, but he actually says. We have like all these interesting features, like these revolutionary features in our game. Like, like get this, guys, group PvP. You know, you don't have to PvP by yourself anymore. You, you can PvP with other people. Like, this is a concept that was like around. Arena PvP is not like a new concept. Like, WoW had this, like, how many, God knows how many years ago. But he pitched this as like a new revolutionary thing that Phoenix Dynasty 2 has. Oh man, you can group up with other people in PvP. Wow, what a cool concept. But no, this is fucking, we've had this forever. It just, it's so bad. If you see the video on, on I the think, developer. I think what happened, oh, by the way, the most popular game. Oh, we got uh, another sub. Thank you so much, Red Leader Zero. There you go. And I, I think the problem here is, the, first of all, the most popular game in Turkey is League of Legends. Okay. So uh, again, not all Turkish gamers are, are retarded. Okay. But the thing is, there there's way less protection and knowledge about gaming in these third world countries. So what happens is, I think these studios that make games like this. They pay the land houses, okay, money, mm -hmm. like thousands of dollars to promote this game and get people hooked on this game. Because if you're like 12 and your kids drop you off, you know, a daycare land center, you're going to play whatever's in front of you. And here's the thing. You're going to like whatever's in front of you if you're 12. I remember as a kid, the dumbest SNES games I used to love, like this is like yeah. cyber basketball and like these really stupid, like broken games. I would pay 50 bucks for them and I would enjoy them for like weeks. You know, I would play them every day. It didn't matter how bad the game was. If you're a kid, you, you have fun with it. So I think their plan is literally like cigarettes. Like they want to get kids hooked on this game at a young age. And then they're going to keep paying money for this for, you know, like 20 years. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I think, you know, there are still land cafes and stuff in Turkey, which is why, you know, this game might do well. But you would think somebody like, I think there's a big opportunity. Maybe we should exploit this opportunity of licensing a half decent <laughs> game and, and, and translate to Turkish. Because one of the benefits of things <laughs> too is it's actually localized in Turkish. So if we got like a, it doesn't have to be a good game either because good games you got to pay a lot of money for. It, but like a game that's better than Phoenix Dynasty 2, which is practically every single game. You know, you launch like Arcade, Blade and Soul, Terror, any of these games in Turkish, I think it would do a lot. Like, remember, Turkish language support as well. Mm -hmm. It could do remarkably well. Like, and if you promote it there as well, you can't be like GameForge publishing it in Turkish, but like with literally zero advertising in Turkey. Like if you can target the Turkish audience and reach out to them, yeah, they're willing to pay for these shitty, awful games. Yeah. That there's money. There's money to be made in the real games, the half decent ones, mm -hmm. definitely. And I think, um, I think we'll get more of that as the years go by. Because right now, a lot of these, first of all, even America is such a small revenue source for a lot of these big Korean games and Asian games. So if America is a small market, you know, Turkey is minuscule, right? So it's mm -hmm. it's not worth their time. So if if local people come up and uh, you know they can do the translation, they have some technical knowledge, and it happened to know Korean as well, uh, they can definitely make money. But I, I, you know, I don't think we can do it. <laughs> By the way, one I can't can't read Turkish. Like uh, we can read it really slowly, so we can, we we're not the people to do the translating. I want to show you guys the running animation in this game. So I linked you a video of my first look at the point where I'm running. So just mute okay. that and look at my running animation. Okay. It is awful. Every aspect of this game, from sound to graphics to gameplay, is just so poorly made. And the visuals, the interface is like over. Like if this was made ten years ago, it'd still be bad. Which mm -hmm. is why it's astounding this came out. My character is literally wailing her arms as she runs, like this most nonsensical manner. It's I love a zero it. Zero effort game. Yep. It's so bad. 
and the attack animations again are non-existent. You swing your weapon, you throw your hey, hey, I, I have range apparently with that weapon. Like you can see me, I'm throwing my, I'm throwing the thing back and forth. But again, when it hits an enemy, there's no audio. It just makes no sense. Huh? Uh. Speak. Uh, let's let's move on to a real game, all right? Yeah, let's move on to a real game. All right. What if, let's let's go. Let's do. All right. Here's one I like. Hyper Universe yeah. is coming out uh, next real week. Soon, uh, yeah, this no, in a few days. Today. It's, it, today. Uh, it should be it should be real soon. Real soon. Nice. Let me put on a video August here. August 24th. Yeah, two days. All right. So, unfortunately, it's doing that bullshit that every game is doing now, where even though it's going to be free to play when it comes out, to actually play it when it comes out, you got to pay money. You know, this okay. is like Fortnite. Uh, Quake Champions is doing this too. It's too much. Yep. I, I hate it. This is like this is like the next level of MO greed almost like this idea that for all of early access to to play it you have to pay, and now it's sixteen bucks is quite a bit of money you know you had to do the same thing for Ghost in the Shell first assault you do the same thing for Quick Champions you do the same thing for um, Dauntless as well and I hate it this is like the worst business I mean I get why they do it they want to make money but at least when like I think Revelation came out and when a few of these games came out. There's usually like a three-day head start window, right? You can pay for the three-day head start. I look, Black Desert did that as well. I understand that model, right? Whatever. Yeah, three days they is want fine. To make some more money. Yeah. But when you have this entire early access period, which is undefined length, and it costs money to play, it's it's so stupid. It, it's going to be free to play at launch anyway, and you're going to charge money for it now. Mm -hmm. It's so greedy. And I think sixteen bucks is a lot, but the game that I think makes it the most greedy is Dauntless, which just came out into alpha this last week. And I say it's unbelievably greedy because. Dauntless, in order to play the alpha, which came out a few days ago, you have to pay. Take a look at their page. Let me go ahead and link you this bad boy. Let me click Founders Packs on here. So, you have to pay like eighty dollars to play it, which is absolutely nuts. Eighty bucks. You also have to log in before you can even see this shit. Yeah, sorry about that. No, that's fine. I'll, let me log in. I got an account. Yeah, after you log in, you can see the Founders Pack page. But it's eighty dollars to play the Founders Alpha. And if you pay $70, sorry, bro, that's not enough to play the alpha. That only gives you access to the closed bay, which begins on September 1st. Wow. 40 bucks gives you access. Oh, you still can't play the alpha. That only gives you access on September 1st. But here's the question. Is there going to be a wipe between alpha and closed, uh, closed beta Probably. now? Okay. If there's a wipe, I, don't, I actually don't mind. It's it's when there's no wipe. Like, I think with with um with Hyper Universe, with, uh, you know, Quake Champions, with Fortnite... There's not gonna be a wipe. This this is basically release. You're just paying for um, mm -hmm. you're just paying for you know early access of like undetermined length. But if there's actually a wipe, I, I'm okay with that then. Because then as long as I get to start the actual full release with everyone, that's okay. Actually no. So once we enter closed beta, every player who's participating in the founders alpha will have the option to wipe. So I reset their account what? once. This is a full progression inventory wipe, and as with the required, uh, there's a required wipe and uh, an optional wipe. An optional wipe. Okay, so they're doing something. But <laughs> I love it. <laughs> optional wipe. No, I hate it though. $80 to play a game that should be free to play at launch. It just screams like greed. And what's even worse about it is actually anyone that actually alpha tested the game before, right? The, the, the few people that got in. I actually applied for the first alpha test for the game. I didn't get in. But the people that actually got in, the people that did test the game out before, maybe provided feedback to make the game better, those guys don't get access to the alpha either, right? You have to actually, those guys have to pay 80 bucks to keep playing. Your original alpha testers or pre-alpha testers don't get free access either. They're just milking the alpha process as much as possible. And to milk the alpha process and the closed beta process separately and the full release now, it's just, it's so, it's extreme. It's, I'm not going to pay for it. There's no way I would pay for this because it's, I, I'm against it in principle to pay for, you know, this, this, this alpha or any alpha really. 
All right, I have another question for the stream here. Who thinks, who's excited for Dauntless? Because I think Dauntless is going to have a very lawbreaker-esque situation in their hands. Uh, and that what I mean by that is they have a big competitor coming up. So first we'll start by watching this trailer for uh, Dauntless. Mm. So this is Dauntless. It's basically Monster Hunter for PC. I built, It's made out of Unity from what I can see. Just looking at this trailer, it looks like Unity to me. And so, you know, it looks kind of fun. You're kind of flying around. You're fighting these big monsters. But here's the problem. Uh, later this year, we're going to get this game. Monster Hunter World. It's going to be the first Monster Hunter for PC. And I think this is the game everyone's really waiting for. In term, you know, in this genre. Yes, so, first, that, that's that's the big boy in the genre. I mean, honestly, Dauntless kind of... It's thing is that it's a free-to-play Monster yeah. Hunter. Free-to-play when it launches. Not free-to-play yet. It's 80 bucks to play in Alpha, right? 40 bucks to play in closed beta, and then free-to-play at launch. It's so sad. Just, just how much better does this world this look? Like, holy shit. It's Monster Hunter. So of course, it'd be better. It's so you much better. Yeah. Just the look of it. Like, you know, I, I, I always defend Unity, but they, they really thought, I think they went with too low graphics for Dauntless. Yeah, I mean, again, Dauntless is the is like Monster Hunter Light. It'll it'll you know maybe keep you entertained until Monster Hunter World comes out. But that's the big release that people are excited for. And again, mm -hmm. the claim to fame for Dauntless is it's a Monster Hunter game for PC that's free. That's like their thing. Yep, and it's not free actually, and we don't know when it's gonna be free. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, GG Dauntless. Actually, we... it grinds my gears. That that business model grinds my gears because now everyone's doing it. Every Quake Champion is doing it too. Uh, here's the thing, bucks to play. Omar and I actually have Dauntless uh, access, so maybe I will play it and then give a more honest, fair, unbiased opinion of what I think about it. All right, that, that should be soon. Maybe we could do a grindfest for that too, actually. Yeah, that's a good idea. That could be fun. Mm -hmm. All right, All what do right, you got? Let's move on to uh, mm -hmm. this new game that Digital Extremes finally announced, another oddball. I say oddball because it actually reminds me quite a bit of Palatinus. Uh Digital Extremes are the guys that made Warframe. Arguably the most successful Western free-to-play game, Western-developed free-to-play game. If not the most successful, one of the most successful for sure, outside of like League of Legends. And it's got consistently does amazing on Steam. And they announced a brand new game called The Amazing Eternals. It was previously called uh, Keystone. Keystone. There you go, Keystone. And I, I have to mention it. Come on, guys. Warf Warframe is still in beta. How can you be making a new game still? Come on, guys. <laughs> well, their They're claim is two totally different studios. That's what they say, like within the company. Two, yeah, two different yeah. teams. It's just funny that Warframe is still labeled as beta. Uh, they should just get rid of that beta tag, honestly. Oh, uh, Wacko in chat says he's actually played uh, Keystone during the alpha. So that's pretty cool. I never actually got the chance to play it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, what I do know is this game really has nice style like the, the the design decisions the the and that kind of here i'll, I'll play the trailer here mm -hmm. uh you actually have to see this trailer with the audio like the music the the, the level design I, I thought was really well done so they said they were inspired by 1970s pulp fiction so things like westerns sci-fi like those, the old kishi sci-fi um that kind of stuff so like, if you see this guy right here this 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 uh hero has like a really like a cliche like laser gun kind of gun and mm -hmm. so the character designs look really cool uh i mean whether that can carry the game or not i don't know it's it's gonna be another hero shooter team-based hero shooter uh with cards i hate cards so <laughs> paladin is the cards so much like paladins yes but but here's the one saving grace if the cards actually do something in the game like they're not just these abstract buffs so in this game the cards you draw 
are the guns you get to use? Are the are the items you get to place? Are the skills and like abilities you get to use? So they're actually significant to the game. It's not just oh, like they, plus five strength. They were quite significant in pre rework paladins. I mean, they really like the cards you drew were really like your like almost like your skill ups. It yeah. really change your skills a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You determine your skills, but it you know, impact them quite a bit. I agree with that. So pre pre Overwatch clone paladins, the the card system was fine actually for me, because mm -hmm. they did something with it, and, uh, and this game looks like it's doing something with the cards as well. Uh, the cool thing about this too is it's actually on the horizon. Uh, you know, there we were complaining about earlier when you reveal a game that it takes like three years for anything to happen. No, the closed beta and founders program is set to begin on August 29th. Which is like literally in one week from now. So next Tuesday, you'll already some people will already be able to play the Amazing Eternals, yeah. Either through the Founders Program or through a closed beta test. So they're going to they're already going to start getting money for Founders programs, and I'm sure it's, it'll cost money for Founders access. But the game itself should be free to play when it launches. Yes, and again, I, I got to repeat this because it's so important to me. This game was announced in the middle of August. Uh, Keystone itself was announced earlier, and there was a, a closed alpha in with May, a yeah. with an NDA. You couldn't talk about it. There was no pictures online. That much, okay. Now, when it actually revealed publicly, it was the middle of this month, and it's coming out at the end of this month. That that's the way you got to do it to build. A, if I imagine this game now, after we see this, there's gonna be an alpha test at the end of the month, and then it comes out two years from now. No one's gonna care anymore. So I'm I'm very happy that they're they realize this. Some people realize this, and it will come out very soon after the public announcement. I mean, with a company like uh, you know Digital Extremes, they can do that. But I feel like if your company is smaller and you don't have a lot of money, you gotta really just start selling founders packs immediately and raise a lot of money to keep developing the game you know they can afford to actually make the game and then you know tease it other companies have to kind of tease what they have and then just get as much money as possible for like three years and then make the oh. game because necessity thing too uh second month sub from pistol thank you so much for the continued support appreciate it right. i actually want to take you to the most fun news of the week i thought this was phenomenal and i think this, this could be like a really cool idea if they if they do this in america Oh and, God! All right, this, this okay, is all you. Go ahead. <laughs> this is I, I thought this was amazing. This is all so you. So Domino's and Final Fantasy 15, 14 teamed up for a really cool promotion for pizza and video games. Who would have guessed pizza and video games go so well together? So in Australia, if you pay fifty forty nine ninety five Australian, which is like forty bucks, forty U S dollars, about I'm guessing, people can order three traditional pizzas, one garlic bread, and a one and a quarter liter drink. And the complete edition of Final Fantasy XIV, which includes the base game, Realm Reborn, and the Heaven's War expansion, and Stormblood, which itself is worth like 80, bu 80 bucks Australian in, in Australia. So you basically get a bundle of a game and pizza for one price. And that is unbelievably smart because people who buy pizza, a lot of pizza buyers, not everyone obviously, but a lot of gamers order pizza all the time. So I think combining that business model is amazing. Beyond Final, beyond Final Fantasy, think about it. Logistically speaking, from an e-commerce perspective, what do you, if you're Amazon, if you're, you know, no matter what website you are, the most expensive part of e-commerce is last mile delivery. It's a logistical issue where they have to, they can get, they can get the packages to the to warehouses, but they do that last mile delivery is unbelievably expensive. But you have this, all these pizza chains that are already doing delivery everywhere. So if you combine e-commerce with pizza delivery, it can, it can work wonders for gaming. Think about it. I think this is a total gimmick. It's a fine. It's fine as a gimmick, but I don't think it's any any future, uh, like business model, because we've seen this before. Uh, for the older among you here, uh, there's actually a game called EverQuest Two, and that game actually had an option in the game at one point where you could do slash pizza and actually order a pizza inside the client from, from like within the client. You can order a pizza to your house. Do you remember that? 
Yes, I think that's actually really, yeah, really yeah. smart. I think, it, I think it was EverQuest 2. Slash pizza. Let me double check yeah. that. So, yes, it is a gimmick. It is, you know, but I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere that, you know, it didn't go anywhere last time with EverQuest 2. So I just don't think it's going to go anywhere. I with could see myself ordering. Look, look, I, I could see myself ordering video games with pizza. All right. Come on. If the I mean, game just comes out, like, yeah, you know what? You know, they have a deal for it with the pizza. Boom. I'm going to order pizza anyway. Pay extra 25, 30 bucks. Boom. Get the game as well. If it's a game I'm going to get anyway, yes. But if it's not a game I'm not going to get anyway, then no. But if it's a game you're going to get anyway, right? You order on Amazon, you have to wait two days. You order with pizza. Boom. It's there right away. You don't have to go to GameStop. You put GameStop out of business, all right? <laughs> you have to go there. Boom. It comes to you. The day you order. Even Amazon can't offer like one hour delivery. Oh, it can in some places. That's Amazon. What? A two hour Amazon, same day delivery. Yeah, it's available in some places, yes, but not everywhere. And, and, but there are pizza shops everywhere. Boom. There are pizza shops everywhere. That is true. I thought it was a really fun uh, promotion. They had, they did a promotion with uh, Miss Freshly's as well, where these are like sweet treats, honey buns. You buy honey buns, uh, you get like an item in the game too. So Final Fantasy XIV is doing some really interesting promotions with uh, you know like real world stuff, real world food. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's a gimmick. We'll Plus, see. it's an unbelievable deal, actually, because again, the game itself is being discounted. The game itself is normally eighty Australian, and you're getting it for fifty, and you get three pizzas with it. That's that's a steal, boys. Well, I think you made one mistake in this uh, in the story. You referred to Domino's as pizza. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I, I mean, I prefer Papa John's myself, but Domino's ain't bad. I feel like okay, I I like Pizza Hut, um, but I feel like Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Papa John's, all three of those are not pizza. They're not real pizza. It's like it's like fast food version of pizza. Um, so the local chains where it's actually like they actually make the dough and like they go like this and they put the cheese, they put it in the oven. That that stuff is real pizza. It is worth mentioning. I do find this very odd that like Domino's pizza tastes so different, so radically different than real pizza. Oh, so you know it's not real pizza now. It just it, it, the taste is is like unbelievably different. Yeah, they definitely. You still see them make the dough and stuff. They have like you know, you, you go to the back though. You still see them making pizza, but it does taste so different than like you know, independently owned small pizza shops. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's I think that's my favorite story of the week. But I, I don't think it's actually going to displace GameStop or anything. But I, I do think the concept of uh, combining same day logistical last mile delivery with pizza delivery it could be intriguing. Huh? We'll see. We'll see. Just think about it. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe I'll continue that in the All right, post the game. After show. Post game, post- all right? Back to MMOs. All right, we got uh, another old game launching as a new game, Omar. This is uh, just seems like an Omar game, so Soul Worker. What do you think? Oh, that's a big one, actually. Yeah. yeah that's a huge one. Give me the deets. Oh, I'll give you the deets. Uh, Soul Worker, has, GameForge announced they were going to basically be the pu- Western publisher for Soul Worker back in April of 2016, right? And since then, up until now, we've heard literally nothing. So just like two days ago, they finally came out and said, all right, Soul Worker is still going to happen. We're going to be launching Open Beta by the end of the year. And surprisingly, this is a game people are still excited for. You know, it's one of those games people still ask me in my weekly news recap. The two things I usually get are like, are there any, is there any news on MapleStory 2? Or is like Soul Worker happening? Like those are the two things I've heard quite a bit about, like more so than I would think. But Soul Worker is actually going to be happening by the end of the year. Uh, nowhere exactly when by the end of the year, but it's actually happening. And this one is a bit of an oddball because it came out, it's a Korean developed game, but it came out in Japan before it came out in, uh, in Korea as well. So the Korean release happened this year as well. So it's within the last six months. So it's a pretty logical step, you know, in the, the, the order of things. It comes out in Korea and then maybe a few months later it's going to come out in America, like six months later or so. 
So it's actually happening. If you look at the, if you look at the, the, the video for it, mm -hmm. I think this is the most beautiful anime anime looking game I've ever played or seen rather. Have you seen a more beautiful anime inspired game than this? The art, like the character designs, are really nice, but when you get into the game itself, it's just okay. I think. Like well, the game itself, you, I, I argue with you, it's okay because yeah. I, I agree. The game itself is it follow. It's basically Critica Online, but by the way, if, if you're excited for Soul Worker, it's the same concept of Critica. You have the persistent, you know, towns and the instance dungeons. Alright, that same jazz. But some of the attack animations and the character designs, I think, are phenomenal. Yep. And um, it's I hate this design where you gotta beat the same level like five times. Like yeah, multiple difficulty modes and stuff. Yep. Not even just that. Like, you have different quests in the same zone sometimes. The same world, yeah, but they look identical. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's not the only game that did that. I'm trying to think a whole bunch of games do that where every every stage in that world is the same backdrop. I know Dungeon Fighter did that as well. You know, you do get like the desert levels, the forest levels, the castle levels. Like it follows that same progression. And I remember it was the same here. I remember I think uh, the first world was like this outside Tokyo, like this this like metropolitan area. And then the second world is like this classroom, right? Mm -hmm. Remember correctly. Maybe, maybe the classroom level was in uh, RPL. RPL is another Korean game with the instant dungeons and persistent world, persistent towns. Like yeah. this formula, it's very. The game itself is very formulaic, but I, I don't know. I love the I love the art style. I think it looks beautiful. Yeah, we played this for uh, Grindfest Friday uh, or Sunday Funday, uh, you know, a while back. Mm -hmm. And I remember we played on the Japanese server, and it was actually not that, or the Korean server, I forgot which one. Japanese. Japanese, okay. And it really wasn't that popular. I think there was, like, one server. Um, yeah. So I'm actually surprised to see this one coming to the West, and I don't know how it will do. I think people will play it initially, but I think the drop-off rate is going to be enormous. Yeah, okay, and that's the problem with any of these games, really. I mean, somebody mentioned Rusty Hearts on uh, on Twitch channel, and he said the game needs a Steam re-release. It's possible, you know, Rusty Hearts might relive on Steam because we've seen a lot of games relaunch there. But to me, it is it is definitely a bit odd to see so many games that are, like, near identical. Like, we don't, like, it's almost gotten to the point where, like, say what you will about, like, these MMORPGs. Like, you have games like even, like, even that Phoenix Dynasty game, right? Like, that's, that game is still different than, like, Fly for Fun. And Fly for Fun is still different than, like, uh, Moo Online, right? There's all these MMORPGs, and they are slightly different. But if you look at the core mechanics in Critica, in, in Soul Worker, in Arpeel, like, there are literally dozens of games with this exact same mold. And even like the arts, it, even you can even look at anime action MMORPGs with the same mold. There's just so many of them. Like It's just odd that they, the market isn't big enough for them. If, if all those guys played Soul Worker, if they all played DFO, it's like, yeah. it would make they're, more sense. That they're they all, all chasing game. DFO, you know? That's the thing. Yeah. They're all chasing DFO, and I don't think they can match DFO. No, because DFO has been out forever. It's got the network effect going. I think it's a beautiful game, but I'm not. I I, I don't think it's going to be like super successful. I, there's almost no chance it's going to reach like uh, Black Desert Black Desert tier success. Well, I look forward to doing another Grindfest Friday for this when it is playable. Look, the game has a guitar wielding lolly, which I in, in, you know that's that's a win in my heart. All right, not that many games have guitar wielding lollies, but one of them is Soul Worker Online, so I'm looking forward to that as well. And uh, let's just quickly say this game will be coming out uh, by the end of the year. That is, uh, that is what GameForge wants to do. Mm -hmm. uh, whether that happens or not is up to GameForge, but that is the current schedule. I remember actually the actual combat was really fluid as well. Like they made the animations look really good. If you look at my first video, all right, it looks. I think it looks mm -hmm. phenomenal. But that alone is not going to carry it again. No, your visuals are. I think. Obviously, visuals oh. help. Graphics help. Slip. Says, graphics don't matter is wrong, but like, it's not everything at all. I think gameplay is by far the most important thing, and it's really not doing anything different. Yeah. Which is why it's always weird to see like, okay, like.
Like if you if you made Soul Worker, right? Let's say let's say you're the studio behind this game. What could you do to make it different? Because you you have this product, right? That you've already invested perhaps millions of dollars into. It's functional. It works. But where's the secret sauce? Where is the differentiator? What could you add to this game to make it different? Uh, as is, as, I don't think there's anything. Well, first of all, it's got the weeb appeal that I think Critica lacked. Uh, no, Critica has that too. I think this has more. This this struck me as more current gen anime weeb. Uh, but, oh, right, I right, want to quickly thank uh, Slippy Slippy Ricky for the sub there. Thank you so much. Uh, but yeah, I think this one, you know, you, here's the thing. Do you think this one will do better in Europe slash North America than it did in Asia? Only because, like, of, like, the anime fans here? But there's, there's anime fans in Japan yeah. as well. Yeah, but, the but, they, but they got a million games to play over there. That's true. They got a lot of You know, they got a million anime games to play. I think I think, I think think it's going to get a lot of initial hype. Yeah. I think people are willing to give these games a try. Like, could be, especially because it's free to play. It's got gorgeous graphics. But I think that gets them in the door, right? The weep graphics and the art style are, again, they're beautiful. They get them in the door, but are they going to stay? No. And, but here's the thing. Even as someone who's not as self-proclaimed weeby as, as others, <laughs> uh, the graphic style here is much more appealing to me than Critica. So between those Actually, two... I, I like the visuals as well. Yeah, between those two, I think this one looks way better. And look, I, I played Critica. I wanted to give it a fair shake. I got to my second job advancement. I played for a bit. I'm just, you know what? I don't know. It's just the same stuff I've always, I've always done. And it's remarkable because this style of game has existed since Lunia. Like, and before that even, if you guys remember Lunia. And there was also the Dragon Saga, the, the, the side-scrolling. It's all called Dragonica Online. That game is still around, I think. But like, it's so unbelievable how many clones of this concept there are. Where you beat the level, you get an S rank, double S, double A, depending on how fast you did, how much damage you did, how much you got hit. And you, you go to the next stage. The stage-based progression. Like, at least if you remember Dragon Saga, you had the stages, and Dragon Nest has this as well, where you have stages in a, like, there's a persistent world, and from that persistent world, you go, you enter the stages, right? So there's yeah, portals so, like DFO. bring you there. Yeah, like DFO. Yeah. So at least there's something, well, DFO's got the towns, really. There's no, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they have hubs. The hubs in Dragon Saga, and if I remember correctly, in Dragon Nest, the hubs themselves were kind of like a world. You can kind of walk, it wasn't just a town, it was like, you can walk around. Oh, that's cool. And they led you to portals, which bring you to the levels. So mm -hmm. that was like one way of making it less like linear. One way of differentiating the game. But you don't have that in most of these games. That's true. I remember the, the hub world in this was like one like one city yeah. block. <laughs> so let's say GameForge or whoever, no, the guys that made a Soul Worker hire Aaron Altai, right? They, they hire you, they, they, they give you millions of dollars, make our game, they have like, sort of like, do better. What, what what could you add to this game? They hire you as a consultant. I would just do like a I would do this kind of game, but with a mashup. So I would reach out to like smaller anime studios and just get characters from those animes and monsters from those animes and just stages, you know, like, and just do I like. So imagine like you know, as an example, like you you play as like some Dragon Ball character, I play as a Naruto character, and we team up, we make a party, and we go into a dungeon like this. And instead of fighting this wolf, we're fighting like enemies from. Some a third anime, you know, like some other anime. Like that, that could be, that'd be really cool. Actually, you could still have that same formula that way, right? You can, yeah, you yeah. can build a game like Soul Worker with the same formula of instance dungeons and persistent towns. But when you have the anime, actual anime characters, people kind of connect with them more. You know, people if they see like their favorite DBZ character, they see a character from like, uh, you know, they see like Ram or Ram or something. Like they could be interested in it. I know, I know, Maple Story did some cross promotion with uh, <clears throat> they did you know the Ram and Ram in the game, and you know it could do really well. Imagine Naruto and Goku fighting a Titan from Attack on Titan, like as a That'd boss. That'd be awesome. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like stuff like that. Like, and and here's the thing: every time you release a new character, you can charge like twenty bucks for it, and people would buy it. Yeah, definitely. That's actually a really smart idea because you you know you can get away with the same business model. But yeah, if 
But because right now, the, the, I think the art style is beautiful, but like the characters don't mean anything. You know? They exist within the realm of Soul Worker. There's no like, you know, they, they build the franchise of Soul Worker by itself. It doesn't mean anything just yet. Yeah. But I think just the game itself, if you can, if you can somehow translate this to an open world MMORPG, a persistent world, and somehow get rid of the stages, I think that alone could do a lot. Because instead, of, imagine instead of select, imagine even the world is set up exactly as it is, right? Mm -hmm. But you can still have kind of the stages where like. Outside town, you you zone out and you're in the first stage, and from that stage you go to the next zone. You're the next stage. Like, make it more instead of selecting it from an interface where you go, some kind of persistent world. Because if you look at the persistent world action MRPGs, literally every single one, they're doing pretty well. You know, Blade and Soul, Terra, Black Desert Online. They're like any persistent world MRPG. I think by the nature that's action is action oriented and persistent world alone makes them higher chance of success than the same tried and true for the same formula. No, but for, for those game. are too hard to make. These are easy to make. That's, that's I, the difference. Yeah, 100%. They're, yeah. they're night and day difference yeah. in design, which is easier to make. Because when you have the level self-contained, it's obviously, you know, super, super easy to design around. Speaking. But even if it's, like, jankly designed, like, who cares about the balance? People don't... People want the open world experience. People send the chat. If this is an open world, I'd play it. And I think a lot of people share that sentiment. Well, that, 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 that's not fair, though. That, that's like saying if the game cost 10 times... If the game budget was 10 times higher, I'd play it. Okay, it doesn't... You know, it's, that's not a fair thing that's not fair. Like that's, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't say it as a valid point. It's just, it, it, this game is what it is. If it, if it was open world, Blade and Stole game, it would it would take five hundred people to make four years, no, no, five years to make. Yes, not necessarily. No, because you can have all you have all the you have the combat design, you have like the, the monsters design, and look, it doesn't come together beautifully the way you know maybe you know Black Desert or Blade and Stole do. Like you can you can make it janky, but I think a jankier, iffy, not necessarily balanced, a little bit you know poorly put together open world experience i think it's still no, gonna be I, more fun i think the server architecture the load balance the, the, there's so much more that goes into making it a one world with like a thousands of characters rather than this kind of instance uh method i think a, i think it's a night and day difference in terms of just it's not something you can ha, ha, you know put on now and again it, it, we, i can't emphasize enough just how many games there are like this hero wars i just remember that too the game just shut down recently like hero wars and this game are basically the same thing like with slightly different visuals like it's also anime inspired that's a little more like uh maybe a little more like cartoony and silly but there are just so many games that tried this formula and it, look, you can't just make a game like this and expect it to succeed there's been so many like at least honestly at least 50 because i remember from the mo hot days i did videos for like like kung fu online or something and it was just like the same shit that we've seen and they all shut down because there's nothing special about it the art cell is beautiful and that's gonna get people in the door like that's what i like, I played it. That's what I like the most about it. the fluid gameplay and the art style, but the core mechanics are too similar. Indeed, you know what? I'm I'm tired of Soul Worker, guys. Time yeah. to move on, to and move we're on. gonna move on to a, two two stories here with Black Desert this week. One, Black Desert Mobile got announced, guys. That's a big one. Yeah. So here's the trailer, and what I took away from this trailer is how much it looks like regular Blade and Soul. Black Desert. Uh, yeah, Black Black Desert. Black, Blade, Blade I know. And Soul. I know. Okay, so this is the trailer. Uh, we got a, I'm gonna, It's a very short trailer, so I'm going to kind of pause here. So this is the combat. Uh, it, it's, it looks like they took uh, Black Desert and made it into like an action RPG. Uh, it it obviously is the graphics are like action RPG style, like Diablo three ish. So it's not the same, but it doesn't look awful. I got this ending here. You just missed the. Here's a quick take at the city mm -hmm. node management system. So it's got all that still in there. Uh, so there's a boss fight right here. Another boss fight. So it's looking pretty good for a mobile game, I gotta say. I think it looks beautiful graphically, but again, like these are always very misleading. These trailers—they're they're, <laughs> they're made to look freaking amazing, right? Yeah. But when you play this, it'll be completely different. Like, 
you saw that you saw some actual gameplay in the video too, but you, yeah. I think it's this top down like ARPG look to it. I think and it's gonna look I, like Moo Legend. That's my guess. Moo Legend or the mobile one? Moo Legend, like the PC version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna look like that, even though it's I mobile. I think if it looks like that with a persistent world. It'll be amazing. Yeah. But will there be a persistent world? I we don't know. All we know is we have thirty yeah. seconds of this Korean yeah. stuff going on. They're calling it an action RPG too, again. But like, again, if it has a persistent world, I think that alone would be really cool. If it follows the uh, maybe lineage to revolution style, where it does have that persistent world, I think it did really well. I think you know, the trailer is mega hype. I think a lot of people were like, dismiss mobile games and kind of saying, hey, maybe this could be decent. And we'll have to wait and see, obviously. But there's no release date just yet in Korea, even. So no release date here in America either. Yeah, and uh, so this is this is coming out. Looks fun, uh, exciting. Now there's a controversial story about black desert this week and uh apparently they're adding some some uh mobile game-esque features somewhere do you want to go into that they've already added they've yeah already they've already added, added. Yeah. Right. that's actually a pretty fun one where is that story i find it here okay it's about black desert adding some some controversial pay-to-win elements and i when i saw this on rmrpg that's where i first saw it myself and i linked to the thread a lot of people are calling black desert pay-to-win now i mean obviously the pay-to-win argument has been Kind of tossed around literally forever on literally every game, but when you see when I saw this screenshot, I'm, I look, I I'd never said Black Desert was a pay to win, but when I saw this screenshot, I'm like, they're going down a very very slippery slope, and you can see in the crafting menu, would you like to use 20 pearls to complete instantly? And if you've played any mobile or browser-based strategy game where you can pay money to instantly build troops, make upgrades or anything, it's it's a very slippery slope of pay to win. Those, yeah. those, the, those mobile strategy games and browser games are, are the epitome, or the epitome, pronouncing it wrong on purpose, uh, peak of pay to win. And to see like this epic MMORPG video, which is pretty universally loved, or has been pretty universally loved, go down this path is, is unfortunate. You know, I think the aesthetics here look awful. Like, this looks so bad. And it, you know, you're right. It looks just like uh, you know, anything from, from Clash of Clans or you know, Mobile Strike, whatever those nonsense games are called. It looks like that. But I read. I actually read the uh, Reddit post about this, and uh, someone was saying that this is actually a really awful deal. Like, if you, you know, there's much more you can do with your pearls than this. So this is not like a efficient way to pay to win. Yes, so, that's true. But like I said, the cosmetics, the aesthetics of this look really bad. Okay, but here's the thing too. Again, people are arguing. Yes, the it's not a good way to spend your pearls. But if they're okay with this principally, right? Yeah. Maybe it costs one pearl next patch. You know, like they can tweak it out. And obviously, you're still limited by your resources in the game, like that you're using the craft. So it's not, you know, I think a lot of people said this itself was not pay to win. But when you combine this with the fact that in order to actually loot efficiently, you need to have like four pets. The fact that some some uh, you can sell your, some cosmetics can have stats on them too now. Like there are, if, once you add everything together, right, is, is when it becomes a pay to win package. I don't think any one thing by itself becomes pay to win. But when you have you know enough things going for it, if you look at the the thread on RMRBJ I linked to, talks about this. You know, it all it all becomes that way slowly by when you add them all up together. Okay. And again, with the with the with what looks bad with the spending your twenty pearls instantly completes something, that's as they're okay with it. Now it's about pricing. You know, saying twenty pearls might be too high. But once that's okay, hey, would you like to level up? Spend ten pearls to do it. Okay, yeah, why not? You keep doing, imagine you keep doing that. I you guess pass, like the, the soft the soft cap. Hey, you want to get to level sixty? Spend hundred pearls. You want to complete that now? No problem, bro. Like, when you accept this in principle. You kind of open Pandora's box, IMO. Really? I think. I look, think so. I think if you se- if they separate the combat gameplay 
from the social life stuff, right? And segment it like that. Where you, you there's the stuff like bullshit like this for the social stuff. What with fishing, you know, whatever, resource, node, housing, all that crap. But those all help your PvP too. If you can like get money quicker via like uh, crafting systems and social systems, you can money is power. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your upgrades, your silver lets you get upgrades for your gear, and that's literally your power. Look, I don't know. End of the day, whether we like it or not, this is the future. So be lucky. Look at theme charts. The game is still doing well. I mean, it's it's it's, it's off its peak. Uh, I think a few it was it was getting over twenty. You know, it was doing much twenty eight thousand in a twenty four hour peak. Now those numbers are the 15,000, quite a bit lower, but we'll see where it goes from here. I think uh, there is a limit to how much they can monitor. And, and what makes it offensive, I think, to an even larger degree, is that the game is buy to play. If it was free to play, look, that's true. You get more slack if you're free to play. Okay, you get more slack. With, you know, it's still it would still be pay to win, right? But people, I think, would be less upset if they didn't pay money for the game. Hold up, it's, it's a cheap game. Hold anyway, up, but still, it's a good point. Someone in chat mentioned. Uh, so you're giving people, you know, you're saying, what if they do something like pay? pearls to to level, level up right but wow does that right off the bat you can pay to be level 100 whatever it's at the max level though it's always like right okay it's, it's, a, it's a tier before max and, okay and the difference is uh there is no max level in pdo there, there's a soft cap and after the soft oh. cap it gets so insane. oh so you think they how got, do you get past the soft cap they're not gonna do that they're not gonna do that because the whole point of the soft cap is remember they're not directly selling levels now they're selling like instant completion on mm -hmm. things so that's you know it's not the same thing as necessarily buying levels but i think it, if they're okay with that you know, they could easily sell sell quite a bit more. Okay, well, I'm willing to wait and see. I don't. It I don't... Very bad taste in my mouth. Sure. sure. I I I want to straw poll and see what people think. Based, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's there's a few things in the game that give you advantages. You can sell your, you know, you can sell your cash up items for silver in the game, and silver lets you buy strength. It's got the same exchange system that you've seen in numerous games now, including a Blade of Soul. It has, you know, you, you in order to loot. You, you know, properly or really quickly, you need pets in the game. Manually looting takes a long time. So there's a lot of convenient stuff that really speed up your grind and your your, your generation. You can pay to skip some stuff. I want to ask the question, is Black Desert pay to win? And I want to do a straw poll. All right. See how people think. Let's see. Drop it in. Drop that link. And we'll keep it simple. It's a yes or no question. Obviously, look, I know a lot of you guys think it straddles the border. It's in some ways pay to win. But I want to see if it's a yes or no. All right. Let's go drop this poll. Let's get some answers, boys. Chaos has said it. Let's see. Let's hear it. I'm curious where everyone, I'm curious if people, some of them defend it. I think most of us are going to lean towards yes, but I'm curious. Well, I'm going to vote no. Just to, uh, just be a rebel. Just to be the rebel here. Oh, man, I'm losing, guys. You're losing by quite a bit. I think, I think, look. And the thing is, like, when here's the thing too your game can be some degrees of pay to win i think people will you know will accept that right but when when so many people think your game is pay to win it really kind of makes your relationship with the developer and the player base kind of toxic where you know there's animosity between them and you can't it's hard to kind of cultivate your game when people think this way whether it's true or not like you can argue you know, pretty probably pretty convincingly that it's not entirely pay to win, or it's not that big of a deal, or it's an awful way to you know make money is by doing the selling. You, know, you can grind without paying and still be super effective in game. But mm -hmm. when when so many people feel this way and people that play the game feel this way, I think it's it's not good for the long term health of the game. I I I would disagree. I think the developers, publishers have to ignore the vocal minority who just whines about this. 
Because mobile gaming has taught players, us... Though. hold They're not players. They're just whiners. Mobile gaming has taught us that 99.9% of the human population doesn't give two shits about pay to win, right? It depends your audience. And depends, you know, it, I think pay to win is more accepted in, in Asia than it is in America. No, even in America, in people spend thousands on like Clash of Clans and shit. Oh, look, but the games they do that on are so like money grabbing. Like they're, they're, they're their own thing. It's almost like a, these games are like, I don't even consider oh, like those. Here's what I'm looking at. Like a all, game. Right, all right, right now. It's a casino of just pay to win nonsense. It's well, not a game. Black Desert is $10 right now, okay, on Steam. It was even cheaper when it launched, $10. Now, here's the question you should be asking. Did I get $10 of fun from the game? I did. I didn't even get, you know, I didn't get that far. I, I, I had fun. Whether, whether you got your money's worth or whether they're doing some, what you perceive as unfair pay-to-win practices are different things. You can get you, t- you can easily get your $10 money worth and you can say overall it's a good experience. But, like, you got your money's worth, but you can, you can also argue that they're going down this shitty route which is, you know, going to take away fun from the game. And actually, the, the, the poll is much more split now, by the way. It's oh, yeah. Very, Come yeah, on, guys. Let's go. Vote no. split now, so. Yes. So it's not so one-sided either. Again, people yeah. are, you know. And Easy Machiavelli says anyone who, who votes, who says Black Dead is not pay to win, has clearly not reached level 56 yet. So that's his perspective from someone who's played it quite a bit as well. I know he's played a lot. <laughs> I like what Milk just said. Anyone can buy this, buy this shit. Sounds pretty fair to me. <laughs> First of all, you can't really win in a sandbox game, right? You gotta if you, even if you hold all the castles every every week, someone attacks them, right? So so there's no there's no winning. So why why is it even called pay to win? It's not like there's a win stage. You win by having fun with the, with the game. I, I, why are people so bent on this whole like winning thing? Because you now you're making two new definitions of, of winning. I think yes, it doesn't literally mean win because there's no role credit scene in these mm-hmm. games. You know, let, let's say let's say you bought let's say you bought Black Desert, all right? Oh, you bought you bought Baka Baka Online, all right? This new MMORPG by MMOs.com Studios, all right? You, you play for ten hours, you paid a dollar for it, right? Ten hours, pretty fun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I log in uh, in the cash app. that's called. It's only available to like VIP spenders, all right? Anyone who spent over five thousand dollars a game can access the VIP VIP shop. I spent hundred. I delete your character. Okay, but no game does that. Hypothetically, okay, that's that. That, that's that's fine. That's pay to kill, like <laughs> pay to delete. <laughs> Like, but you can argue you still had fun, right? Is the game paid to win? You you had fun. It was your own win state, right? Fun is win. You had uh, yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whatever. That, if that's if that's what they want to do, I'll, I'll I'll stop playing after my character's deleted. But I'll still I'll still say I had fun. My point is, you can have fun with the game, and get your money's worth out of a game, and it still be paid to win. And no, no, no. That's not paid to win. That's paid to delete. Like you're not literally wi- by deleting my character, you're not winning. You you just right. you just we're not winning. What are you winning? You define win is, you just define win as fun. It's like, I, I have fun deleting your character. You always lose all the characters wins. Whatever. It doesn't matter. What are you talking about? Anyway, oh, I'm losing now. It was, a, it was a 44% no. Now it's a 41. Come on, guys. Vote vote, vote, vote with me here. Oh, so yeah. Well, you're kind of robot-y. On my screen, you are all your problems. Sec. You think it's me or you that's causing that issue? It could be our turn. Just give it a second. Right. I'll fix itself. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, this is a lot closer than I, I thought it would be. Uh, so BDO, uh, it seems it seems it's slightly pay to win, guys. So not a, not a big deal yet, right? All right, it should be better now. Sorry about that. Guys. Oh, that's a good story to end on. Actually, the talk about gimmicks and pay to win and mobile nonsense. All right, here's a good here's a good story to finish on. Okay, so during the international for Dota two, which ended like. A couple weeks ago now, uh, Valve announced a new game. But instead of announcing Half-Life 3 or uh, Left 4 Dead 3 or whatever else, they announced 
a card game, a Dota-based card game called Artifact. And this, the, this is, it's so disappointing coming from Valve. You know, like they have so many good franchises. Portal, you know, like they could have done so much, but they chose to do this. You know, like, and and, and uh, there's a lot of, let me see if the comments are still bad on YouTube. Okay, so look, oh my God, have you seen this? Look at the vote upvote to downvote ratio here. Oh my God. Okay, holy shit, it's got 4,000 upvotes and 50,000 downvotes. You can oh, barely you see this. You can barely see the likes. Oh, well done, Valve. Not only can you not count to three, you can't even be counted on. Ooh. Yeah, Dota 2, South there, Half-Life 2. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I didn't think of that. Yeah, you're right. All their games stop at two. <laughs> you know, Left 4 Dead 2. That's so funny. They can't count to three. No, oh this, this is bad, though. Because when you, when you told me this, I'm like, there's no way. Why would they do this? Like, they announced it at the International. And, like, Valve... It's kind of like this very respected gaming company, right? For what they've done with, with Half-Life, with Counter-Strike, with Dota 2. And to see them jump on the bandwagon of, hey, let's go make a card game. Like, literally after everyone's already jumped on this bandwagon, it's so ridiculous. Like, if you're going to be a copycat, at least, like, we've had, like, a phase where freaking Elder Scrolls did this. You had, uh, you had, there's, like, 20 different card games all came out just around, like, this one window. Everyone jumped on the card game bandwagon. Why is Dota jumping on the, the same bandwagon so late to the game? Like copying is is not innovative, but to do it so late in the game shows your incompetence. You know, it's funny. We thought it would be League that does it, but uh, but Valve beat them to it with Dota. Mm-hmm. And uh, here, I, I actually in, the, in this news article I wrote, I chose a few choice YouTube comments here. So Will of the Boss Five says, "I remember when Valve was a leader that created trends, not followed them." Sad. <laughs> I like the Trumpian uh, sad there at the end. It's hoax said, uh, is this, so this is what you guys have been working on instead of Left 4 Dead 3 or Half-Life 3? Boo. And this is my favorite one. Fabry said, you either die a hero or you'll live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Rip Valve. So, a lot of shit there. Uh, I think you actually must much deserve shit talk. Honestly, to see Valve just do a copycat card game now. I mean, unless it's something radically different, which I doubt they will. It's, 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 it's bad. Yeah, and this trailer is also pointless. I might add. Uh, I just watched this I full trailer. Like Literally nothing happened in this trailer, guys. I don't think I've seen a worse like teaser trailer than this. Like, it's look at they show nothing but these like colorful <laughs> rocks come together. This could be for anything. This could be for any game, any movie. Like nothing happened. This, this is like you know when watching a movie and like the beginning there's that, there's that uh, little clip that shows the studio that made the movie. This is like that. Like this, this, this is like this is not an actual trailer. This is like the clip before the trailer. Yeah, it's bad. I thought this was a movie. Look. <laughs> yeah. See. Oh god. Don't, Val, please. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. I think that's oh, it. We yeah. can take it to the after show. All right. Yeah, we can wind some more in the after show, guys. Thanks for sticking around. Um. Stay tuned if you're watching on Twitch. If you're on YouTube, catch us live on Twitch on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. PST. Take it easy. Take it easy, guys. And Pistols made the best comment. It'd be better as an ad for rock candy. I think it's perfect. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. <laughs>